This is Charles Adler Tonight On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to Charles Adler live weekday nights on 980 CKW Vancouver, 770 CHQR Calgary, 630 Ched Edmonton, 680 CJOB Winnipeg, 640 Toronto, 980 London, and live on the Radio Player app. Yeah, um, so... For so long, we've been told that the biggest solutions in the world are going to come from the big companies at the top, and those solutions are going to be top-down. What I'm actually saying is we're at a point where there's so much technological advancement is that the people um, in smaller companies and medium-sized companies can come together in new ways and have a really creative thought about how to revolutionize how we come up with new solutions in terms of you know, saving the world from like climate change or, or automating the world in a number of different ages, a number of different areas. So these are things that we're going to be talking about in the year of, of radical creativity, but you're not, you're not forecasting that all of the solutions will come about this year. No, no, not, not at all. I mean, it's a continual cycle of, of creativity. So we, we're not going to solve, you know, cancer. We're not going to solve climate, you know, but we're going to make some really big leaps ahead and more and more projects are going to learn from other projects. And that sort of building on top of each other is, is what I'm calling like the radical creativity that we need in the world. All right. So let's talk about uh, artificial intelligence in the real world. And we'll yeah. begin with something you've been uh, thinking a lot about these, these home assistants. Tell us about what you're, what you're looking at in 2018. Yeah, so it's really interesting. I was at a party last night, and uh, and th- there was uh, my friend, and he's got two two little kids, and they're under five years old, and they kept running up to this little box in the corner of the room and started asking for songs and started for menu uh, recipe information and whatever, and that was obviously Alexa from Amazon, like over ten million um, units. Google Home, Apple HomePod. We already had Siri on the on the iPhone. So we're going to have more of these home assistants. And, and what I think is really interesting is they're like the new family member. It's like the, bro- the brother or sister that knows everything because it's plugged into the internet. And it's going to revolutionize how we sort of live our lives and, and have that help in, in the home context. So it doesn't matter whether we're talking about uh, music, uh, information about TV, cooking recipes. Uh, we are going to become... <laughs> totally dependent on this interesting little member of the family known as Alexa. Yeah, absolutely. And it's always on and it's always listening. So it's, it's building up a profile about you and that data's got value for the people that are providing the service, right? So then it comes back and, and uh, starts to anticipate what we need in our lives. And that's the closed loop that's coming. Now, for the people who are out there, I mean, you know, I sometimes joke about uh, paranoid, uh, sometimes uh, even the paranoids have enemies. Uh, but do people who are somewhat paranoid have anything to worry about? Because the first thing they think about is, wait a minute. Is this Alexa going to tell anyone else my secrets? Yeah, so th- this is around terms and conditions and uh, us signing away the, the right for people to, to capture that information and, and data around us. So I, I think we just need to be really conscious when we do subscribe to these systems and we walk forward and say, okay, I want this relationship with you. You're the brand. You're the service provider. I'm, I'm willing for you to capture this data, provide me with good service. I'm going to trust your terms and conditions, and you can read them, obviously. I'm going to protect my data from any, any use and abuse that's against my will, really. So let, let's talk about uh, robotics and, and robotics being retailed by, by Walmart. Uh, the the yeah. term robotic and robot, I mean, this isn't, this isn't sci-fi anymore. We're not, we're not in Kansas anymore. 
No, absolutely not. I mean, robotics has been around for a long, long time. I mean, in fact, most of the last century, you know, people were um, pontificating about what ro robotics could look like in the real world, and we do have it today. Now, you know, there are some robots like Boston Dynamics Atlas that, that kind of start to look like humans and can do backflips, but robots like the ones that they've just deployed in Walmart, are, are literally they're, they're roaming the aisles on wheels and they're, they're using computer vision and artificial intelligence to work out you know, what, what shelves need stacking and where and what products they actually need to order. And they're actually working in concert with humans. So this is the relationship we're going to have. It's going to be humans and machines working together to deliver better service and to make life easier. So I don't think we're necessarily going to be replaced. I think we're going to be augmented and they're, they're the new worker as well. So 2018, is this a good year or bad year for Bitcoin and the other so-called cryptocurrencies? So I, I think uh, the technology that underpins uh, cryptocurrencies is, is blockchain. I think that is incredibly powerful. I think that, that it's a really good year for that coming into the banking system to help uh, you know, replace old systems like SWIFT um, for international money transfers. That's 44 years old. You know, and there's companies like Ripple coming in to replace that. In terms of cryptocurrencies on top, I think we're just going to see lots of people speculating about what it's worth. There's Bitcoin futures happening. Apparently, there's a short position coming in on that. There's a lot of investors. I think uh, you shouldn't really put your money there. I think if you do, you need to be willing to lose it all. But, you know, some people are speculating and some people are actually making lots of money. But so, very few people are taking their money out. So that's something to watch for as well. This is uh, Canada. This is uh, an energy superpower. At least we, we've, we've always been told um, that it would be. Uh, what are we looking at uh, for energy in the future specifically? carbon and carbon capture yeah so you know fossil fuels is is not the future of canada and i've been talking about that for a long time it hasn't made me many friends but but really looking towards like solar and looking towards hydro and and looking towards wind to actually help us retain that sort of superpower moniker if you actually think about it um alberta has about 300 to 320 shine, uh, sunny days per year so hey we can use that to our advantage but going beyond that, um, we, we, even with all of the renewable energy solutions in the world being deployed, we're not going to be able to affect climate the way that we need. So we do need to pull carbon out of the air. Now, there's some projects that are really interesting. There's a company called Climeworks out of, out of Iceland that's actually going and pulling CO2 out of the air and creating rock. And then you can bury that rock um, and with no harm to the earth. So, so this is done on a very small scale right now, but we're going to have to look at ways to, to cool down the earth. And some people are looking at aerosols in addition to that. It's, uh, it, it, that's a real edge of, of climate change. I think it's going to be a very exciting year for that. Now, you want to talk about evaporation machines in 2018. What, what is that? <laughs> so there's a really interesting project out of Columbia University in New York. Um, there, there's this team that's actually like thought, hey, what if we look at evaporation in the world? Any water that drops evaporates. And obviously we've got oceans and, and other water in, in the world that covers about 71% of, of, of the Earth's surface. So why can't we take advantage of that effect of, of evaporation? People have actually built these machines and on a very small scale um, using bacterial spores uh, and they, they've used um, like glue and they've used plastic to come up with these machines that can power light bulbs but purely based on the evaporation that's coming off of a, a body of water. Now, think about that at a larger scale. Then you've, you've got continual renewable energy 
and, uh, and something that's got huge potential for the next 20 years. Climate change, naturally, it's something that you've been focused on for, for quite a while. Solutions for negative emissions. What's Nicholas Badminton talking about? Yeah, so, so that, that's what I'm talking about with, the, uh, with, with, that, with that power plant out in Iceland uh, pulling the CO2 out of the air. So what we can do is if we can, if we can pull some of that CO2 out of the air, we're, we're going to assume that we can actually bring the temperature of the planet down. Now, we need to bring it down because the, pa- the Paris Climate Change Agreement, um, the targets aren't going to help us get there, and the research is actually showing us that. So we have to come up with those new solutions. Smart cities. Uh, define smart for me, would you? So smart, smart in, in, in smart cities in that context means it means sensors. It means being connected to a data backbone, central processing and, and dashboards. So imagine if you look at Vancouver and, and we've got sensors in the roads, in parking spots, in the lights around us. We can actually manage, you know, parking a lot better, traffic congestion, traffic lights and um, we can manage the, the lighting and the electricity needed in the city a lot better and it's actually been shown that the cities that have deployed technologies like this have been able to save save a lot of money like millions and millions of dollars in 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 spending just providing these basic services and they've been able to create a really vibrant employment situation in in the cities if you look at Barcelona, they, they've saved something like $100 million a year by deploying technologies, and they've created about 47,000 jobs just in that city alone.